Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 2nd. Today we are going to finish up this week's Come Follow Me block and next week we are going to be studying 2 Kings chapters 2 through 7. So next week we're going to be studying more about the prophet Elisha, not to be confused with the prophet Elijah that we've been studying this week. Now, before we get into next week, let's finish up this week and take a look at just some iconic scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, at the very end of 18, if you'll remember, Elijah has this battle, for lack of a better word, with the priests of Baal. It reminds me of the the fire showdown at the end of Survivor every year, if you are a Survivor fan. <laughs> so they have this showdown to call upon their gods and to have the God create fire for their sacrifice. Obviously, the priests of Baal, no fire is made. And the Lord creates fire for Elijah, even though he wets his sticks and he wets all around the altar and wets the sacrifice itself. But when that's over, it says that he rounds up the priests of Baal and they're killed by the sword. Now, that sounds harsh and it sounds extreme, but keep in mind that was part of the law of Moses. That part of the law of Moses meant that if there were people that were preaching false doctrines and leading people astray, that they were to have capital punishment. And so that was part of the law of Moses. That's what happens. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, Ahab goes back to Jezebel and he's defeated and he's like, well, this is what happened. And Jezebel is angry. She is so angry. And look at what she says. In verse 2 of chapter 19, she says, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So essentially, she's saying, Hey, let the gods strike me dead if I don't have your life by the end of tomorrow. And so Elijah, knowing this, he flees and he runs and he goes a day's journey into the wilderness and he sits down underneath a tree. And it says that he requested for himself that he might die. So he's in my mind, he's praying to God and saying, just take me now. I don't know how old he was, but maybe he was just old. And he was like, Hey, I've done everything that I could do. I have taught, I have preached, I have called fire from heaven, but I've done what I can do. So just take me now. And then he says, oh Lord, take away my life for I am not better than any of my fathers. That must have been a difficult feeling, feeling like he had done everything that he could and that he couldn't even bring everyone back. He couldn't help everyone become converted. Now, at the end of chapter 18, the people confess Jehovah is their God, but it makes me wonder if he saw them fall back away from that testimony because he's just so defeated here about his work and he's so defeated about the conversion of the people. So Elijah falls asleep under that tree and God sends an angel to wake him up. So he wakes him up with something to eat and something to drink. And so Elijah wakes up, he eats, he drinks, he falls back asleep. And the angel's like, oh, I need to do more. And so he comes back to him. He commands him to eat and drink. And then he commands him to go on a journey. It says he arose and he did eat and drink and went in the strength of the meat for 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb the Mount of God. Now, if you'll remember, Horeb is the same mountain as Sinai. And so he eats and he drinks, and then he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. 
Does that sound familiar? That is what the Savior did as he began his ministry. And here, as Elijah still has something more to do, he fasts for 40 days and for 40 nights. And in that way, he acts as a type or a shadow of Christ for us. And he goes to Mount Sinai where miracles happen, where God manifests himself. And so he goes there and he experiences this iconic scripture. Starting in verse 11, it says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Now, there are a couple things that are really beautiful here and really important for us to recognize because so often as we are on our journey, maybe we feel the same way as Elijah felt. Maybe we feel ready to give up. Maybe we feel like there's nothing more that we can do in our faith or in our journey to testimony. Maybe we feel tired waiting around for answers. And I love what this scripture teaches us. Here, Elijah experienced big things. He experienced wind coming and breaking up the mountain. He experienced an earthquake. He saw fire, but the Lord wasn't in any of those things. And I think that's especially important to note with the fire. Remember, he just had this experience where in front of the Israelites, he called upon God to send down fire and to consume the offering. And the people were converted for a minute. But it's so important to note here that in the scripture, it says the Lord is not in the fire. That's not what's going to convert. We can have miracles. We can have incredible experiences. We can see amazing things. But unless those amazing things are accompanied by the still small voice, unless those things are accompanied by the spirit to testify to our soul, the Lord won't be in those things. And so it's important for us as we are on our journeys or as we're trying to gain faith or testimony, or as we're just trying to see and come to hear and understand the Lord better, to recognize that he is in the still small voice. He is in the little things. And we don't need to wait until these big miraculous moments to commune with him, but that we can commune with him day in and day out through that still small voice. There's a talk that I love by Elder Rasband called Let the Holy Spirit Guide, and I'm going to quote a few different times out of that talk. In it, he says, My message today focuses on the importance of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Our Father in Heaven knew that in mortality, we would face challenges, tribulation, and turmoil. He knew we would wrestle with questions, disappointments, temptations, and weaknesses. To give us moral strength and divine guidance, He provided the Holy Spirit, another name for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost binds us to the Lord. By divine assignment, he inspires, testifies, teaches, and prompts us to walk in the light of the Lord. We have the sacred responsibility to learn to recognize his influence in our lives and respond. I absolutely love this, that because the Lord knew that we would live in a time that was going to be difficult and full of tribulation and challenges and turmoil, he blessed us 
with the opportunity to feel and learn from the Holy Ghost, and that the Holy Ghost's divine assignment is to inspire us, to testify to us, to teach us, and to prompt us to walk in the light of the Lord, but that it will never be forced upon us by the big things. It comes to us in the still small voice, and we have the sacred responsibility to learn to hear that voice, to recognize that voice, and we have the sacred responsibility to learn to trust that voice. Later in that talk, Elder Rasband says, My experience has been that the Spirit most often communicates as a feeling. You feel it in words that are familiar to you, that make sense to you, that prompt you. I love that because one of the most profound experiences I've had in receiving an answer from the Holy Ghost came in the form of a movie quote. (laughs) I was praying to understand why my mission was so hard and why teaching people was so hard and why helping people come closer to the Lord was so hard. And a quote from the movie, A League of Their Own, came into my mind. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And that was such a profound experience for me. And I love that our Father in Heaven speaks in our language. He speaks in ways that we'll understand. And even though he promises us that, that he'll speak in ways that we understand, he's not going to shake us to make sure that we are listening. He will prompt us in still, small, quiet ways. So much so that oftentimes people ask themselves, was that me or was that the Holy Ghost? I am sure you've done that in your life. I know I have as well. But let's remember the words of President Hinckley when he taught us that if something is good, if it testifies of good, if it teaches us to do good, if it inspires us to do good, then it's of God. And we can trust that enough to move forward with those promptings. My friends, it's my testimony that big, grand, miraculous things happen in our lives. And we have the blessing of sometimes witnessing those things. But if we aren't paying attention to the Holy Ghost that accompanies the miracles, it might as well be for naught because it is the Holy Ghost in still and small ways that changes our hearts and changes our lives. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 